Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. Good morning, Hallie. Hello. Um, you know, on Monday, the kid, well, two of your kids were. Well, I guess I'm going to say something yeah. first. Yesterday, before we jump yeah. in, because uh, everyone wants to know about the bears. Um, oh, were they back? They haven't bothered me as much, but they did come back around and uh, I turned. Uh, the day after the last podcast, which I said we were going up the mountain and it turned, it was right yeah. there. The next day I was riding my gravel bike and it was like 640 in the morning and I'm riding on the mountain road and it almost, well, bear ran across the, basically tried to run across the road almost directly into my bike oh my God. <laughs> and it ran back the other way, but it was just like, I was two days in a row. I'm like, what is, oh it's like the year of the bear for me. I need to look that do up. Do you, uh, yeah, that's actually interesting. I wonder if it does have anything to do with um, like, I don't want to say astrology, but like with, I don't think it is the year of the bear in the Chinese. I, I don't think it is. I just, I just think that we have a lot of bears. And it just happens yeah. to see that we just see a lot of bears. But it could be some sort of stuff. Like, it's interesting that you are. Yesterday we were on a leadership call and like my, my kids came running and they're like, the bears are back. And it's like, there's mom with three cubs out in the yard. Yeah. And it's just, it was, hmm. you know, so. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you carry bear spray with you when you go biking? No. No. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> you, you know, maybe. They, no, like the bears. I mean, sure, a bear could could certainly like beat me up and kill me if it really wanted to. But like, very few bear attacks in Vermont with black bears happen. Actually, when I talked to the game warden, they said seventy percent of the attacks that happen uh, with black bears in the state of Vermont are causes from dogs. Yeah. Because the dogs will treat it, and then they'll they'll chase the dog back to the owner. Yeah. And then it just kind of like, and then it, but they haven't like, I even asked the game warden, has anybody ever died from a bear attack? And he's like, not that I can remember or recall. So meaning like, again, not even if there is like an attack, attack in, Vermont, not a black bear in Vermont, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that's exactly right. It's funny because people that live out uh, West, they hear this and they're going, man, how do you get that close to a bear? I'm like, it's a black bear. It's not a brown. I wouldn't be doing this. If it was a brown bear or a grizzly bear that I was seeing this, then that would be a whole totally different story. And I would probably be carrying way more than, I don't know, who knows, but it's a lot there. There, those things will like just eat you for fun. I know. So. Well, speaking of um, dogs, so when uh, Stan and Asher were in earlier this week on Monday, they, you know, they were doing their entrepreneurial thing, and they were, yes. which if, I almost feel like they've like up leveled their business <laughs> model from I don't know maybe like a year ago when they were doing the bracelets. Like it's they've got like a system yes. down now, in various pricing models, and they have like a. Um, like a visual so you can choose what colors you want for the bracelets yeah. and everything, which is really cool. And, and a whole sales pitch, like a, like an intro, not just, Hey, do you want to buy bracelets? It was, we're raising, we're trying to raise $200 in order to buy a German shepherd. And I'm like, hell yes, I would totally support that. <laughs> and like, I totally want you to have a German shepherd. Um, so first of all, it was really cute. And second of all, are you getting a German shepherd? Well, two things that, you know, it's funny. We were, we were driving. I like to bring my kids in and just kind of allow them to, to do their thing. Um, but uh, we were driving into the office and they're like, okay, Sienna's like, I'm going to be the salesperson. Asher, you need to be the one who makes it. And Asher's like, but I'm still in charge of everything. Understand this, Sienna. You can work for me, right? Like it was hilarious. Like that. But they actually worked really well together. Yeah, they did. 
uh, which isn't always the case, by the way. So it was great to see them kind of combine together. And I said, well, you need a goal too. And they said, well, $100. I said, how about $200? And so they're like, okay, $200. We probably never get to $200, dad. I go, you never know. Set the goal. So they set it at $200, right? That was their goal. So they learned how to set goals, right? And then the second thing I was like, I'm like, how you need to create a message that's compelling for people that want to do this. Sorry. Why are you raising $200? And they're like, well, because we want to contribute toward the dog. And that'll help mom be able to get a dog and, and whatnot. Um, and so there, and that's I was like, great. That's the story that you pitch when you're doing that. And afterwards, they, they're like, they learned, I, I swear, like I told Sarah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they learned more in that day of doing that than they did in months of school. Just like from everything that they're like, they're talking about what they learned, like not in the same language of business person would sure. use, but in the same like frame of reference being like, wow, that really worked. We raised 200 and $24. Some people even donated to our cause because they wanted us to see that they could, you could see it. They're like, oh, this compelling message really works, dad. They're like, you mm -hmm. can, this goal, like we never thought. So it was really cool to kind of see that whole thing. Um, but yes, we are getting a, um, a craft nine German shepherd from Washington state. Um, it's, uh, they are, um, brought over from German. They're the Von Hux dogs, like uh -huh. the famous bloodline dog that's there. They are, uh, the one that we have, his name's Prince. Uh, he is, um, he is 14 months old uh -huh. and is completely trained from everything that you could imagine from a highly effective, they, these guys train and ship worldwide. Is this going um, to be like a, a family dog or is this yeah, going to be family dog. Like okay. an amazing family dog? But you know, here's my, here's my, here's my thing. Um, Sarah walks alone yeah. every day in the middle of the woods. Um, and she hikes almost every day by herself. She does this big loop by herself and look 99% of the time, I'm sure she's fine, yeah. but I just, I don't know if it was, and it wasn't even her. It's more like just having, first of all, I've always wanted a German shepherd and the kids really want one now. Um, and so they did. And, uh, so we are getting this, uh, uh, this, we, we researched a bunch of different companies that train these type of dogs yeah. and, bloodlines and where they are actually all the commands are in german so they have to learn german which is kind of really cool yeah. for them so they can send us a list of the commands so they know a little bit of german so i figured that's kind of cool they can use with it yeah. um for for what it was and uh this is uh it's a really special dog so yeah. it's it's if you watch the videos of the dog like for, like just i mean everyone's dog is really cool but like how like the the command how sharp they're so smart yeah german shepherds are like they just like they will and he just passed his like it's like the icg award that's the international icg award that's ranked in like you have to do it in like uh uh in german germany like from where it is and they have to do like this like criteria it's actually fascinating it's like simple as you know sit lay come lay run lay right like all these different commands like with like people around loud banging gunshots they have to be able to control they have to be able to like they have to bring them to like a, a very public area and like walk them by have a whole bunch of dogs walk by little kids walk by and they have to have neutral um stance the entire time like they can't show excitement or frustration yeah so they have to be completely neutral to all the things then they have like a one where a toddler comes and jumps on it, it has to hot like they hitch like the videos like like holding on to its neck and it has to show neutral positioning the entire time um, and so it passed that like full certification of what that is, wow. um, at the, yeah, it's pretty neat. And then of course it has a, a, a tremendous, you know, a, attack protection 
sequence that it can do as well if it, are you, if it needs are, to are you yeah do you have that that german word like you're gonna you're gonna use that <laughs> you know you know what it is it's not as much the word it's actually they sense uh, they sense danger way more than they would for anything else you can of course call it off at any time but like they um they just know like it's like it's kind of like it's it, yes there's a commands that kind of do it just like you would for anything um but uh it's, it's also like the, it's the combination of like, the guy was like, yeah, if you just say it and there's no threat, the dog won't do anything. Mm -hmm. But there has to be like an, like, like there has to be an eminent threat. They have to sense it. They have to think that again, they're very pack like animals. So they'll naturally, these bloodline naturally falls very loyal to their, whoever their, their family is, right. They instantly want to protect something mm -hmm. like that's like their, their thing. So they become very loyal and very protective. Uh, against the whole family and particularly with kids mm -hmm. they actually will protect the kids almost more than they would me the guy was like they will lay their life down over the kids over verse over you uh, just because that's just how they that's just their their nature right i was trying to explain this to asher last night because he's like how do they do that i'm like it's their nature mm -hmm. like their their again nature i don't know how else to say it is that they are just they want to fiercely be loyal to something and so they'll naturally find whatever they can be loyal to and whoever it is um, to be able to to do that. It was really actually interesting learning all about their bloodline and what they do and the work that goes into training them and the facilities and uh, and all the stuff that's there. So it's- uh, I, After the kid, the kids told me that you're, I was like, that is going to be the, the best dog for your family. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. I know you've had like little dog in the past and, yeah, and some other, exactly. and, you know, growing up and whatever. And I'm just like, your family needs a German Shepherd. They're active. They're going to yes. be loyal. They're yes. going to be good with the kids. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be really active and want to like run and play and, run. and be with exactly. it. Yeah, like it's cool. Like this dog, you can run with it off leash. Like you still might keep it on one, but like in our areas, we don't hardly see anybody, so it's very easy to just run off leash and they'll run right next to you the entire time, yeah. right? So it's it, or even just bike with the kids. Like you'll bike right next to the kids. Like oh, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool that way. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Awesome. It's coming. Wait, when so when does the dog arrive? Uh, I think the guy's delivering it himself. Um, so it's actually also kind of cool. They get it certified to be a service dog, uh, yes. uh, which is really cool. So that like it, you can take the dog and because the company, I think that services them knows this company. So like all their dogs can be instantly, you know, service dogs, which they can, they are right. So he can take them on planes and stuff like that, which is awesome. So I think it's like the 25th of uh, August, August. Oh, so it's coming right up. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Long-winded story, but it's actually really fascinating. Yeah. Just listening to this side note of I had no idea like the depth of like degree of like the training, the, yeah. the regulations they have to follow, the commands being in German. It was really cool, like, yeah. like learning all of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of the um, dogs that I mean, Bill is not a canine handler, but That's a lot cool. of the canines, um, well, they're either mouths or German shepherds. Obviously, there's some labs, but a lot of them um, are have the German. Are trained in the German commands and are, yeah yeah, yeah. um and so I I don't I mean obviously I think that's like I think about it from two perspectives one from the just the historical perspective of yeah. the reading and the history but then also so there's no never any confusion about what you're telling the dog like yes, you know it's I mean? true like because yeah. yeah. those do they are smart and they're yeah. gonna do what they're told and you don't want to be like in a conversation yeah. and they hear a word and go off yeah, and do exactly. it yeah so I also think that but um yeah german german shepherds are really cool yeah 
So it actually goes into the to the you know we talked about the um, well, I don't know, you can jump in, but like we've we've had these like seven, if you will, principal truths of life. Um, we've covered the first one, which is embrace the middle way. Number two, which was know thyself. Yeah. Three, which is you are the watcher, right? Which kind of went together with kind of know thyself, you being the watcher. And hopefully this is helpful for people. It's kind of putting in a framework for these seven noble truths. The fourth one is kind of need nothing, enjoy everything. And I actually think this goes well with the story of this because people could say, well, did you need a dog, right? Like I just, I love using real life situations for these things. Um, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, is we had a, um, uh, we had a dog, it didn't make it. And so we were like, you know, we don't, you know, if we don't need a dog, we just, and, you know, of course, kids are always like, hey, we want a dog, we want a dog, we want a dog. And we kind of like, yeah, just, you know, we didn't, weren't getting it just to satisfy the kids or anything. And then um, I don't know what, what it was. It was just like it showed up and I was like, I, I don't know. I don't remember how it kind of came in and, and I ended up seeing this dog and we kind of looked at it and I found Craftworks and I love their mission. And then so what I did instantly, just so people understand this. I got this urge, but like sometimes that that can ego or other things. So I just didn't say anything. I just paused, right? I didn't say anything for this at all. Um, and later that day, there was um, actually I no the first time it went and um, like two or three weeks went by, and I didn't say anything to kids or anything. And then all of a sudden, it kind of showed up again, not like a retargeting ad to me. It just was like it, it just kind of I found myself kind of looking at these and researching these dogs. Um, and then, and I started kind of talking to the kids about it and they're like, this is great. And then I was like, all right, but we'll forget about it. And like the next day we get out there and we were hiking and this German shepherd walks down. Like literally we hadn't seen a German shepherd and this German shepherd walks down the kids got the pet it that was there. And then like an hour later, like it was, I forget we were, we were in the river. That's right. We're in the river by ourselves and a tennis ball came floating down and the kids grabbed this and they're like, see, it's a sign. Like, and who knows if that really is there, but like, we really, it really was like need nothing and just kind of enjoy it. And and then it was like, then Sarah was like, but I still got to get tested to make sure I'm not, you know, um, uh, I'm not allergic to dogs because we want to make sure she wasn't. Oh, yeah. Um, so then another like a month went by. So it wasn't like a, it was talking like a m- multiple month process of this. And she came back and she wasn't, and she set some kind of rules up for the kids and they following those things. So then it kind of fell into place. And then the, then I reached back out to the place and they're like, yes, we still have Pre- Preston was his original name. They actually switched to the Prince because um, I think it's easier for them to have one syllable names and two. So um, they, and they said, yeah. this dog is, is may more suited for Prince than it is Preston. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so that's just kind of like how, like it, it was it, that how the actual process. So it's kind of like, you need nothing, right. And enjoy everything, which is the, the fourth, you know, um, truth, if you will, which is this concept of, we have it on t-shirts. We have it. I, you know, I started using this and putting this a long time ago next to my computer. The whole essence of need nothing and enjoy everything is the simple way to live your life, which is if you don't need anything, there is the way you approach life is not the same as you need something. Now, I'm not talking about the physiological needs of people. Like if you need shelter, food, clothing, I I get that. Let's put that aside. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the psychological needs. So this is also a great way of explaining the 200% life because the reality is if you don't need anything, you can still enjoy everything. You still can enjoy getting a dog. You can still going on vacation. You can enjoy not going on vacation or not getting a dog, right? There isn't a preference one way or another for how you need life to be in order to be fulfilled or the sense of total well-being. So it's one of those powerful phrase of, of it, and, and, I, and I believe in out there, which is need nothing and enjoy everything, which truly comes from this, this place of 
these not needing these preferences, but really enjoying it. And this is where everyone jumps in and goes, how do I live my life without preference? Right. This is where everybody wants to jump to, which is like, how would I, of course, I'd rather have it be sunny than raining. Well, then I always go like, would you though? After a certain period of time, you'd rather have it rain for a few days, right? Because you need rain. They go, yes, but that's it. So it's like all of these effects and, and causes of things are going to unfold anyways. And so what what's, what's the harm in just allowing those things to unfold? And then you'd find yourself enjoying whatever life is unfolding for you. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, I always go back to, so some of the things that we've talked about, like Embrace the Middle Way was from, like originally from, like, what was it? Tao Te Ching? 620, yeah. Tao Te Ching or whatever. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tao Te Ching, yeah. And then Know Thyself. There's yeah. a lot of that um, symbols throughout like Egyptian history and Greek history and all of that. And then this whole concept of the cause of all suffering is preferences. I think that's, the, I don't know if that's the exact phrase, but is from Buddha based off of his four noble truths, right? That yeah, so like, yeah, so the, the you're absolutely, you want to keep it on your own. Well, no, jump in and, because I just think it's interesting, like the, these yeah. seven core principles, truths of life, they show up over and over and over again throughout yes. time, yes. which is why they're these core principles. Yes, and I, I would say they all actually have one underlying current between all of them, which has to do with with you wanting life to be a certain way. The other way of saying that is I have a preference. The other way of saying that is I want life to be a certain way. The other way of saying that is I I like to use the world to get what I want, so I feel okay. Whatever way you want to say that, that's there's the same. It's all saying the same thing, which is me in here. I, me and myself, need to feel better when I get what I want or avoid what I don't want, and that's really what it is. So the Buddha went out basically and said, "There's four noble truths, right?" And the first one, it basically it says the cause of all. It's, it's basically that all of life is suffering. I think the way he actually wrote it with the truth of suffering is number one. And really what it translates to is that all of life is suffering. Remember, he went away. This was 2000 years ago, by the way, 2300 years ago. So this is, again, a, a principal truth that's been there for a long period of time. And he went away. He, I don't know if people actually speaking of prince. I don't know if people realize, but Buddha was a prince, right? Like he, he grew up in, in as a prince. And he was sheltered all his life from death and old age. He actually, his parents didn't allow him to see any of that stuff. One day he walked out, saw death, saw old age, saw what it was like. And he walked back in there and he basically left his entire family. Uh, he left and he went on search for, I don't know, was it five or six years? Um, and people use the word Buddha now. Buddha does not recognize a particular person. It was a person at one time. Buddha is just a state of consciousness that's recognized. So when they said like the Buddha way, it's not necessarily a person's way. It's a way of consciousness, a way of thinking about life, a way of living actually your out life. But he says the truth, the cause of all, the, the, number one is, Life is, is, he came back and he said, I figured it all out. I'm just going to say it in like, in the way that I always say it, like I figured it all out. All of life is suffering. And what he really means is, um, that your every moment, these small things on our project, you call on Monday, I was like, look, it's not the, the cause of pain that people have or suffering people have, whatever you want to call it, pain, discomfort, suffering. It's not these major events. It's the, it's the, you wake up in the morning and you're pissed that you have to go to work. That's suffering. You wake up in the morning and you're pissed that you can't find your jeans. That's suffering. You wake up in the morning and your coffee maker broke for a second and you have, you get delayed for two minutes and now you're irritated. That's suffering. You get in your car and you start driving and you realize you left your smoothie at home. You have to turn around and you're pissed off. You have to turn around and do it that you forgot. That's suffering. You're in the car. Somebody's driving slow in front of you. That's suffering. 
the light, whatever it is, right? You get to your office, it's raining. So you have to, you know, you're pissed that you have to kind of, you're going to get wet running through the rain. That is suffering. That's, <laughs> that's what he meant. Yeah. Like it's, that's really what people are. That's what the whole essence of this, of the cause of all of life is suffering. And by the way, he said the, the cause of all suffering is preference, or you can use the word likes or dislikes, whatever it is that you want to use, right? The cause of all suffering is preference, likes, dislikes. He actually used the word desire, but that was, you know, a long time ago. And I think people hear the word desire and they think of like lust or something. It's really just preference, likes, or dislikes, which is, I don't want it to be raining when I have to walk outside. I want it to be raining when I'm sleeping so the plants can get it, but I don't want it to be raining when it's happening to me. I don't want to have to forget anything. I don't want, you know, the weather to not be what it is, right? Whatever. I don't want to have to drive behind a slow driver. I don't want to have to not know where my jeans are. I don't know why I can't find my car keys or why isn't my, my technology working properly today and get all frustrated. Again, that's all suffering. That's what he means. So it's not sure. There's the big moments of, you know, a divorce or a death or a loss. But here's the, the thing is with a loss, what I would say about that is it's actually a form of love. Because when you, when you lose somebody, the loss that you feel is so deep. It's a form that you love this person, this thing, whatever it is so much that you feel this depth of your heart. And I get it that it does. It feels completely uncomfortable when you lose somebody and you should, you'll feel sorrow and you'll, you'll grieve and you'll cry and you'll have these emotions that flood you, but people die every second and you don't feel that. Right, you only feel it to the people that were closest to you that you loved. So it's actually a form of, of love. So, anyways, that level is, is 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 different than what we're talking about. What the Buddha was really referring to, which is uh, you know the cause of a life is suffering. And he said, I figured the way out of all this. Like the third noble truth is there's an end to suffering. Wait, what was the second? Which is, you didn't go do the second noble truth. Well, the first one is all of life is suffering. Yeah. Number two is the cause of the cause of all of life is suffering is preference. Number three is. Um, the truth of ending suffering, no right? There is a way to end yeah. suffering, right? And then basically he summarizes it as the fourth one, which is basically the, the path leading to the, the eight, um, you know, the eight, the eight noble truths that you can also tell them. They also call them as like the eight, the, uh, 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 what, are, what is it related well, to? Like, what do they said that all that? It, the eightfold, they call it the noble eightfold is yeah. what they call it. Too. Or, or so that's like, that's, Sorry, I was going to just say that maybe even in a simpler way that just that teaching people that you can, you should and can live in the middle way. And that exactly. There you go. There you go. That's exactly right. But he said the, the, the number three is that there is an end to all suffering, which I always translate, which is when you need nothing, enjoy everything. That is the end of all suffering. Right. When you no longer have a preference for how life should be, you will not suffer anymore. The only reason why anyone ever suffers at the, what we're referring to as psychological suffering, right? is because they have a they have a way that they want life to be. Period. For anything that ever happens. And so somebody we, dies close to you unexpectedly, you had a way that you wanted them to live forever. I get it that you're going to feel that and you're going to grieve for that. It doesn't we're not talking right, wrong, just or injustice. We're not talking about any of that. It's saying and that's why they don't bring any of that up over thousands of years. It is saying the cause of all suffering is preference. There's a way out of all of this, which is to not have preference. Which again, if then if you go to the third Zen patriarch, which is the opening line of this is one of the most powerful lines ever written in, um, I believe, in, in spiritual uh, teachings, which is the great way enlightenment is not difficult for ha those who have no preferences. Yeah. It's literally the first line. And he said, then it goes on and I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. It says, however, make the slightest distinction between uh, 
between the two and it sets you infinitely apart from heaven and hell. Basically meaning the minute you have one preference in there, it sets your life apart from living through heaven or living in hell, which I use just suffering, suffering right? Yeah. You're just causing yourself suffering. So anyways, this phrase for me, need nothing, enjoy everything is a great model. Now, it doesn't mean that in the moment or enlightened people, do they feel anger or frustration? Yes, they do. In fact, Ramana Christiansi was asked that many times. He said, do you ever, does enlightened master ever feel anger? And he said, yes, but his response was perfect. But he said, it's like writing on water. It's there than gone. Meaning that in the moment when they feel it, that has a vibrational pattern to it. So if, if an enlightened individual was by a snake and there's a rattlesnake curling up, they're going to feel the vibration of that rattlesnake. They'll feel nervous or scared or whatever it is. But the minute they're away from that, they're not taking that with them. It's not like they're thinking about a snake. So they're walking down the road and they see a twig and they go, oh, there's a snake and they're scared about it. Or if whatever happens, it's an example that any psychological, anything that you, there's no, there's no residue of the event in an enlightened being. That's, that's really what the difference is. And what we're doing, what most humans are doing is that there's residue everywhere because they didn't like something. So they, they hold on to it. And, and as they hold on to it, that that's what causes the constant suffering of us trying to think through things ahead of time and rehearsing them in our minds of what could go wrong or how it could go wrong or why this person wronged me. All of that's going on in your head is like a tape that's playing and it just, it'll find an outlet. So that's why it never works to try to change the world. And you may relatively get your life okay. That's wonderful, but you're not going to ever have this total well being that you're looking for. Again, you could have the perfect job and then have that. And then after a period of time, then all of a sudden there's good, that same tape will play. If you don't do the root work, it'll, it'll, you can mask it for a period of time. Sure. But it'll always show back up in some form or some capacity. I was using this example the other day with an individual that I was chatting with. I think I actually might've shared this with you too, Allie. Like, it's like you, you see people that are, that would complain about their job or whatever it was. Um, and I, this, I saw this in my personal life, um, from some elder people in my life. And then they, they retired, right? They're like, I just need to retire. Like the best, I just need to retire and retire, 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 right? And then all of a sudden it was, um, they retired. And then it was like three weeks later, they're like, oh, this doctor visit. I gotta go to this another one. And it was like, they're now complaining about the same thing about having to go to the doctors and how long it is and how long they were on the phone for it, how they have to do this thing. Like, I'm like, it, I just dawned on me and I wasn't, I was listening, right? But I'm just dawned on me like, the same tape is playing. Like it's, it's you now just found a different outlet to complain about. Uh, and I've noticed that in my own life, like when I've gotten what I wanted to a point, like financially, I've gotten everything that I've wanted or whatever it is and family wise, whatever it is. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I've hit this. And then it's like, well, that, that tape's still playing. <laughs> it's still going on. So again, I know that I can never stop that tape for anything that I'm doing outside. The only way that I can stop that from folding and, and really playing out is to do the deep work to release it so the tape doesn't have to play itself. Let me just give you one more example and I'll, I'll turn over to you. It's like, if you have a stomach ache, right? And you and you just, you keep thinking Pepto-Bismol is the answer to make you feel better. So your stomach ache, you take Pepto-Bismol, you take Pepto-Bismol, you keep taking it every day and you try different figures of Pepto-Bismol. But at some point you wake up and realize, what if I just stop eating the food that's causing me to have to take Pepto-Bismol in the first place? And so while Pepto-Bismol may mask it or temporarily take it away, it still shows up all the time. And unless you just go and you stop eating the food and then you no longer need to take Pepto-Bismol. Same thing here in life is the minute you no longer have a preference, you no longer need the world to be the way you want it to be. 
Yeah, it's treating the symptom versus the root cause. Root cause. Yeah. That's why the Buddhists always talk about working at the root. Yeah. All right, I got a couple questions for you. Because um, I you mentioned the tapes that people that play in people's minds, um, and everybody, I think this is true. I don't, I don't know 100, percent but I know everyone kind of has different tapes that that play, and. I'm just curious because you said you've experienced that too, but like, what is your tape after you get what you want? Sometimes you said your tape still plays. Like, what is your tape? Well, I mean, the tape can switch, but essentially what I mean is the tape of suffering. So there's some level of like, sure. Like your mind will, the tape will go, Oh, you need to go get this. And let's say, let's just use a dollar amount. Like you go make a hundred thousand dollars and it'll be over this tape. It's almost like convinced you that that tape that's telling you to go do it will stop. That's what I mean. Like, it's almost like that rehearsal movie that's happening will all of a sudden stop. If I go get a hundred thousand dollars, you go get a hundred thousand dollars and all of a sudden the tape is then stop. And now we just went to, now you need $300,000. So, and it just, I mean, is that what your tape does? I mean, it will it do it for anything, right? It'll do it for, um, I'm just you know, you could, you could be built. Let me give you an example. So I'm building, you know, we've, we had a couple houses. I sold those houses that I was in. We're building a new house. And it's a beautiful house. It's wonderful, right? It's great. And it's everything we, we could, we could, we need in our house. Right. And I'll drive by a piece everything of land and instantly enjoy in your house. Yeah. You everything that we, and, and yes, exactly. It's exactly. Um, for anybody that's living in any house, it's, it's more than they need. Right. Like I, that's for, that's for any, pretty much anybody, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter because as long as you have shelter and like actually help, like that's, that's a whole different animal. But, um, yes. Yeah, so from, it's way within our means and all that stuff that we have, we're building that out there. And then all of a sudden I'll drive by another piece, but I'm like, that would be my mind on the tape will go, that one would be better. Mm. And then it starts to go, Oh, but you would have more experience if you had that piece. And I go, no, I wouldn't. Got it. So I just like the minute it shows up there, it would be like, Oh, you should do that. Or it's like, it'll be, you know, I, I, I have a Ford truck. And so like, sometimes I'll drive by it and be like, Oh, you should get a red truck instead of a white one. Mm. or like, it'll be like, oh, you should get those rims instead of the ones that are on it or whatever it is. That's just an example of what it yeah. is. Or like, um, you know, we sold our boat last year because we had no interest in being in a boat. And then we were, um, we, uh, uh, we were at, uh, Basin Harbor for the weekend and we rented a boat down there, which was great and way more affordable than owning a boat. Yeah. Of course the tape starts going there. It's like, oh, you should just buy a boat. Yeah. You can do this every day. It'd be great. So that's what I mean by like the tape and I just don't pay any attention to it anymore, but it still shows up. So like it used to like Velcro me or I would go down that path. Right. It'd be like, Oh, so maybe I should go home and research boats. How much would they be? Like, where could I die? Like you can get so much energy just caught into that from the one experience going, Oh, it'd be great to have a boat. And I go, yeah, no one. So that's the whole thing is like, I don't need it. I don't need that. And that's all I say is I don't really need that. Okay. I don't really yeah. Need. You actually answered my question. Cause I was going to say like, what, um, in your life right now keep shows up as like a need and how do you talk your way through it? But I think you just kind of answered, it might be a need for a boat or a need for a better piece of land, but you're able to just. Yeah. The, the, yeah. And the other one is, you know, um, you know, this, I think this is, I've chatted with individuals that are in similar situations. It's also kind of interesting from a financial position. I don't have to do anything in my life ever. Right. So it's an interesting position to be in. Um, I don't need to work. Right. And so like, there's like this whole tape that can play that goes, well, you don't need to work. Like just go play all day. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do either. Like that's like, that's just a form of trying to, and once I, if I was doing that, then it would be like, why aren't you working? Like it would just, it would just flip. 
so I just realized I'm like, I'm not going to listen to any of that. I'm just going to lean into the moment. I'm going to lean into life and whatever's asked of me. Um, it doesn't mean whatever is asked. It doesn't mean that you go on every single podcast, or you travel around the country because everyone's asking you to do something or you get on every single meeting. Like it just becomes clear in what you can do. But that's just what I mean by the, the tape. That's not, it's just, it's just a form of this mental kind of rehearsal that's happening constantly as, a, as, as the ego is just trying to get everything that it wants all the time. Again, it's like a spoiled three-year-old that's literally just waking up going, whatever I don't have, I want the, whatever I have, I want the opposite of right now. So again, like, great. So now you're in a situation you don't need to work. Uh, you weren't, you've been doing that all your life. Now you're in that position. Now you shouldn't, right? It's like, well, that's not really what I want to do. Or now you've, you, somebody bought their, their dream, they're on their dream vacation or whatever it is that they had. And all of a sudden they go, you should take another one. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's, it just doesn't end. Well, like, that so also that's reminds what, me of living in, in the extremes. Like we talked about it in the first episode we did on the seven principles. Like you're saying, you're like, you're living one extreme where you work all the time. And then you swing back to the other extreme and you're like, I'm not going to work at all. But, but as the, the principles were telling us and the Buddha is telling us that there's a middle way and yes. the middle way is need nothing and enjoy everything. Yes. Well, that's really, that's really what it is, which means that like, sure. At this moment, like keep having your preferences. Like nobody's, and this is the, this is something that was taught to me early on, which I think is really important. I didn't get it at the time, but I've gotten it more recently, which is go have your preferences, but at some point they fall away. And so it was actually the best advice. Cause I, at first I was like, well, I'm really trying to not have a preference. Well, that, now that becomes a preference of its own. Does that apply, right? so now, does that apply to things like um, cilantro? where uh which i absolutely hate and and my preference is never to eat it ever and no, like, like yeah. so what do you do like do you just say oh i gotta still have to enjoy it i just think you just don't eat it i mean it's simple as that <laughs> yeah. right like it's those i mean sure that's it's actually a great example because yeah. people do go there and it's like again maybe it's you know if you don't love running maybe you don't you don't have to go out and enjoy running like nobody's saying that like the thing is the more you actually get rid of yourself then your actual individual nature starts to fall in the way, right? Like that's, that's really what I'm referring to is like, keep your preferences, but keep doing the work and your preferences are the Pepto-Bismo. Right. And the Pepto, and as you start to do the work, there's not a need for preferences. They actually, what, what was said to me was keep your preferences as you do the work, the preferences themselves will fall away. And that's exactly how it goes. It's just like the shedding of a skin. It happens naturally. What I mean by that is you just find one yourself one day going, I just didn't have a preference. It wasn't that you, you didn't think about not having a preference or you thought about your preference. There was no talk. There was no chatter. It was just, you're in the moment and you just interact with the moment and you look back at it and go, oh, I really just didn't have a preference about that. Mm -hmm. But people hear that and they go, they're so caught up in their dialogue of their mind of the, I like this. I don't like this. I like that. I want this. I want that all preferences that they can't see how not to have that. So that's why it's the vice. And I was at that stage too. And, and the advice was keep your preferences, keep doing the work. And someday they fall away and they really do. They really, really do. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.